1: Welcome to episode 116 of Maximize Your Influence. I'm Steve Olson and I have Kurt Mortensen here with me. It's a snowy, rainy day here where we live. Hope it's a little bit better for you wherever you are, but I think the weather guys are predicting it could be a pretty brutal and wet winter depending on where you live. Did you see that uh, graphic going around with El Nino and Jetstream Uh, and a bunch of stuff?
0: I didn't see that graphic. I'm I'm not believing in that stuff anymore because they always predict these huge storms nothing and then no storm and then a huge storm and then Big winter and no winter, then no winter and big winter. So <laughs> I think I've been around long enough to know, like, I'll just wait and see.
1: <laughs> I'm just filling out meteorologists on our list.
0: Oh, yeah, we got to offend them. Yeah, good luck.
1: <laughs> I think they're kind of there with the lawyers and the politicians, though, that they don't really have a right to be offended. I mean, nobody really likes meteorologists, do they?
0: They get death threats because of the law of association. They're like, wait a minute, it's going to rain, it's going to snow. My daughter's getting married this weekend. How could you? And it makes no sense logically, but they do get... The raw end of the stick, just because of what they have to do, they're bearing that bad news.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're the messenger, and people like to shoot them.
0: If they do get shot, and they do get death threats. That's actually factual.
1: Yeah, oh, it's good thing something we talk about. Yeah, here one
0: thing fa- that's your one factual thing for the day. All
1: right. <laughs> well, we usually don't like to tell you what the factual thing is and make you just guess, but today be. we gave you a layup. So congratulations.
0: <laughs> Take that to the bank.
1: Yeah, take it there. So I, I got back from a few, uh, three days in Washington, D.C., which can be a wonderfully awesome place and terrible all at the same time. It's kind of like Las Vegas, I think, in that yeah, way. I agree that,
0: with that. You never know what's going to happen in Washington, D.C. I've had some really good trips and some strange trips. I was in Orlando, so that's always good. Warm, nice, tourist trappy, but good food, and big conventions are always fun to do.
1: That's right, yeah. I I went to DC and I had two riveting days learning about uh, tax laws and, and uh, tax foreclosures and things like that. So, it just <laughs> blew my mind, of course. But it, it was pretty interesting just highlighting the good and bad of DC. I got done on Saturday a little bit early and I had some time. And I, I thought about changing my flight, but of course, Delta Airlines would, you know, they were willing to change it for the bargain price of $750. Yeah, so right. I thought I'll just wait till the next morning and, and go on my flight. So I I went and I booked one of those bus tours. I thought I'm gonna geek out for a couple hours and they're gonna drive me around and point out the sights and tell me all the history. It's D.C., you know. So I I went and I booked that and the tour leaves in the front of Union Station there in D.C. and I get on the bus and and I had eaten in there just a quick bite in Union Station and we went on and. We couldn't go back, because about 10 minutes after I got on the bus, I, there was a stabbing and a shooting and all kinds of wonderful Shoot. D.C. things, and <laughs> we had to get dropped off at another place. So I saw all the history and uh, got a lot of the headlines that you hear coming out of D.C. many times, too. Well,
0: there you so, go. You can't get better than that. You got the headlines. You got history. You got some culture, and you're good to go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Got I went to Flemings, got my Flemings on, which was fantastic. Not a bad trip. So here we go. We're back on the on the horse doing the show for you, our listeners, who we love. Unless you're on our list of people we've offended, you know who you are. And today we want to talk about some very key things in the world of persuasion. This one is a little bit of a kind of a hybrid episode. Sometimes we get into mindset. It's very important. Many of you probably catch yourselves doing this from time to time where you're mentally slipping into old habits. Maybe it's things you say to your prospects or things that you think about yourself warrior prospects too and you got to get recalibrated and so we like to help with that from time to time but this one is a really crazy issue that's been coming up for a lot of people that we're going to touch on in just a minute but in the meantime he got away with it last week so we're gonna make him hit urkel twice kurt go ahead oh, a
0: double urkel a
1: double go. urkel go
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah he thinks he can just not do it and not yeah. pay I had no idea
0: the double Urkel was coming. But anyway, let's move on. (laughs) This is from a blog called NLP Discoveries by uh, Mike Bundrent. And NLP, of course, you know, hopefully you know, is Neuro Linguistic Programming, which is how the brain works, how we think, how we program our brain. And he talks about five things remember when you feel like giving up. And that's something we all feel like doing at times. or We're not putting in full effort. He put some good things together that were very helpful that we all need to remember first thing he mentions is that everyone's struggling. We all have issues. And I think we've talked about on the floor before. We're always comparing our strengths to other people's weaknesses. And we all have struggles. We all have issues. It could be mental, emotional, financial, spiritual, physical. We've got issues, and that's okay. We're not alone. We're all working through it, and we all have issues. The second one, he says, you're stronger than you think. And that's true, right? You might not feel that strength, but you are stronger than you think. And it's good to remember those past victories, things that you've accomplished, things that you've done. Number three is that he's talking about there's always other people out there that are less fortunate. and you know, I think your parents probably talked about children being tortured or murdered and things like that. Not a good thing to think about, but you're doing pretty good compared to a lot of people in the world. Number four, you are your programming. You are what you think. We know that. We've talked about that, but are you doing something about that? And I've brought this up before on the show that your thoughts control your emotions and your emotions control your actions, and so – you got to go back to your programming and look at your thought, redirect your thoughts. You can't really control your thoughts. But if you have that negative thought come in, redirect it to something positive, something that excites you and that you want to accomplish in the future. And he says, the fifth thing is just realizing it's self-sabotage, that you're doing this to yourself. It's a downward spiral. Take control. Move on. It happens to everybody. And it's just a good takeaway to remember that it's not just you. It happens to everybody. And the difference between someone that's stuck in mediocrity and someone that's successful is that they tend to redirect their thought. They tend to think about their victories more than their failures. They know that mindset is the biggest issue in becoming successful. And successful people tend to work on it first and mediocre people tend to work on it last. And that's one of the big differences that people need to think about in becoming more successful.
1: Here's a question I think I've raised it on the show before, and it's probably something that people spend weeks on in in seminars and books and training and things like that, but you're you're talking about the positive thoughts, and there's no denying that people who are successful think differently than those people who who are not and we're not going to talk about the definition of what success is. just you're gonna have to eat that for now, okay, but they think differently. What are your thoughts real briefly on? that balance that people have to walk between, I'm thinking good thoughts, but crap happens and we got to prepare. We got to be responsible. We can't just have our head in the clouds all the time. Yet, sort of you kind of (laughs) do. What what are your thoughts on that, Kurt? Well, there's no doubt
0: that optimistic people are more influential, they're more successful, but then all the pessimistic people make fun of them that really Because there's some people out there like, oh, it's a great day. You're like, no, not really. Look what happened over here. And look what happened to your bank account. And they're still going, it's a great day. And I think that's what tends to bother people. Like, no, it's not. (laughs) So I think it's that combination of really understanding that being optimistic really means that you're positive. Things are going to eventually work out. You know that something's going to happen around the corner. You know, you're going to get kicked in the head. You know that eventually you're going to skin your knee, but eventually you're going to win the race. I think that's the difference. It's not that you're going to win the race without any scars or without any pain, that you are going to win the race. That's what we're looking for. That's the difference. But along the way, your muscles are going to hurt. You might fall down. You might get tired. You might get hit over the head by a mugger, whatever it is. But as long as you know you're going to finish the race, that seems to be the difference between success and mediocrity. And the difference between really good optimism and that fake optimism where it's just – nauseating to you. are like, no, you're not doing okay. You just lost your house <laughs> yeah, <laughs> type yeah. of a thing. I think that's the biggest difference.
1: Okay, good to know. It's a matter of perspective then. I may have to deal with and think about something that's a little bit unpleasant now, but it doesn't affect where I'm going in the long term.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right.
1: Okay. I always like to see what people think about that whole, that whole concept. So thanks for clarifying. Thanks for the super geeky article. And it wasn't some obscure journal for once. <laughs> Was it was good. just,
0: yeah, just a normal blog, NLP. It was really good and a good takeaway.
1: That's, that shows how geeky Kurt is because he thinks an NLP blog is just a normal blog. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Once again, it's all relative in a matter of perspective. So why don't we get going here on what we wanted to talk about for the rest of the show. So you might own a business. You might sell products for another business. You might have some kind of a cause that you're trying to promote. And in today's day and age it has never been easier for you to get a bad name even if you might not have one anybody can say anything they want to on the internet they don't have to prove it they don't have to stand by it the technical legal term for it is libel if somebody says something about you online that is is not true and deliberately harmful or hurtful and causes you damage but what are you going to (laughs) do right how are you going to find this person in fact there are a lot of websites and things out there where you can say things. And and this has created a huge era of confusion. Take, for example, Yelp, right? Yelp is a great website. You can go to reviews. You can check out a good place to eat, see what other people think. It's very convenient and easier than ever before to find out what your fellow consumers have to say about a certain product. But the businesses certainly pick up on that, too. You can't blame them, right? Yelp, it's a neutral thing. And you've probably, Kurt, like me, you've read on Yelp, you can tell, okay, this is a bogus review. Somebody's just hyping the restaurant. And uh, you're looking for those genuine reviews. And then there are other times where clients have a legitimate grievance and they air it. And is that really a picture of what that business can and can't do and what you should think of them? So you've got to deal with it as salespeople, as business owners, as consumers. So we wanted to talk about social validation and law of involvement and social sabotage. So how do we... What are some of the things that we can do to deal with those things, and what is the mindset that we have to have in an era where this is just increasingly common? I mean, you think about even 30 years ago. I mean, what were reviews? I I think the, the Better Business Bureau was probably the closest thing anybody had, and that was all in print, right? Now it's within 10 seconds. You can be looking up what somebody is saying about a business. Kurt, what do you think?
0: Uh, This is a tough subject because people want that social validation. As influencers, we need social validations because someone will will always believe someone else before they believe us. We have something to gain. We're trying to influence them to do something, to buy something, to get something. And people want to know other people that are doing it, that are using it. And so we need this social validation. We see it on infomercials. And an interesting thing about infomercials is that infomercials have a 90% failure rate. But when they fail, the first thing they do is they bring it back and they add social validation, they add testimonials, they add that validation, which makes a huge difference and people believe it more. But then the challenge is it's not equal because I don't know what the math is, but is it what, 30 positive testimonials has the same weight as one negative testimonial? I don't know what you think the balance is, about 30 to 1? I think so, yeah. It's terrible because it should be like, I got 30 good ones. But everyone's like, no, you've got one bad one. Look, they said this. And you're like, no, I've got 30 good ones. Really? <laughs> well, you've got one bad one. And it messes with our psyches as persuaders. It hurts us. And it could have been a competitor. It could have been someone having a rough day. It could have been a variety of the things. It could have been someone that you didn't supersize their fries and they're so mad they're going to give you a bad evaluation. All these things come to play. So it's a new world out there with Yelp and validation. and. That instant knowledge where you can look something up on the fly with your smartphone and know what other people think about this restaurant, about this company, about this product, about the service. And so it changes everything.
1: It really does, because the person leaving the negative review, and, and I'm not talking right now about whether the negative review is valid or not, but them leaving it, it costs them nothing. There are no consequences about accuracy or anything like that, but that's online for ever and that business has to deal with it forever so that's why this is just an increasingly difficult thing for businesses and for salespeople to manage my wife and i were looking on online the other day we want to book a place to stay for spring break I'm going to take the kids out of town you know, after winter everybody's kind of losing their mind so we're looking for a place to stay and we find a few targets we're thinking eh, this might be good and what is the first thing we do we go to tripadvisor.com what is everybody saying on tripadvisor and if you've ever been there, you see that most places have a bunch of good reviews. And it's funny. We'll look up the review page, and we scroll right past the five-star reviews. We go, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. And we look for those bad ones immediately. And we probably, like you said, Kurt, scroll by 10, 15, 20 good reviews, and then we see the one-star, right? Well, why is this guy so grumpy? <laughs> okay. And we read it and usually you can decipher through their comments that, okay, he has unrealistic expectations, but what is that really doing to us psychologically? How much does it slow down the sales process? Would we have really booked? And and it's funny because we have ended up staying at places before where there were a few negative reviews and we didn't see what the big deal was. That guy had a bad experience on a bad day with a bad staff member who's probably not even there anymore. But Wow. It was just, it's just shocking. And I even know what's happening to me mentally, right? I might—I mean, do a show where we talk about this stuff. What kind of impact does it have on people where this is all subconscious? It's pretty amazing.
0: It's an amazing thing that it's changed so much. Even with, you look at movies. It used to be they would have two, three weeks to get their money back. They'd pick the best 30 seconds out and they'd show it to you like, ooh, that looks good. And you go, this, hey, this was rotten. <laughs> that was nothing like the 30 seconds I saw. Now the movies can't do that anymore because we know that day, that hour, even before it comes out, what percent of the people like the movie, don't like the movie, so it changes everything. Even 20 years ago when you went to go buy a car, you had to believe the person. Now we've got Carfax, we've got Consumer Reports, what they're charging this next state over, the next county over, the next dealership over. It changes everything to where trust is a critical factor. Because when they trust you, they're not going to spend the time on the internet doing these things because if they like you and they trust you, And you're the expert, then they're going to believe what you say. So if you're getting a lot of people looking for referrals or testimonials or endorsements or recommendations, there might be some issues with trust, but then also understand it is a trend because people are doing it a lot more with movies, with restaurants, with products and services that you have to be aware it's out there and you can't stop all the negative valuations. It doesn't matter who you are. You just have to play the numbers game and hope that you've got 300 positive to the one negative.
1: I think in the marketplace, we're going through an adjustment right now, and we're probably on the tail end of it. But when the internet got really big, you know, when was that, 2003, 2004? I mean, everybody was using it to a degree before then, but that's when it really just took over your life. I mean, find somebody who doesn't have the internet as a part of their daily life, like almost all the time, right? That's just where your life is at now. That's how everybody corresponds. It's nobody knows anything without the internet. And then, of course, the whole review concept and and different websites and things start coming up. And I do think that, yeah, everybody does give a lot of credence to the negative reviews. But I do feel like many people are starting to adjust now. They're realizing, okay, there's going to be negative reviews about everybody. Nobody's going to like Everybody. And it's less of an impact. It's never going to go away completely. But I think probably six, seven years ago, if you had one shred of anything negative, that that it just completely destroyed you. Companies, they, they couldn't recover from that stuff. But now the whole idea that people do leave reviews, it happens more and more. It's probably watering down the negative a little bit. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think we all know that competitors are doing it, that people in a bad mood are doing it. That it becomes a numbers game and we can't let it affect our psyche sometimes. We're like, wait a minute, that's not fair. That's not what happened. They shouldn't have done that. That was mean. Yeah, okay, but (laughs) there's nothing we can do about it usually. And we just have to get other people to put more positive evaluations on there. And it works out over time, I've noticed, unless you've got a really brutal competitor that's really trying to slam you. On a sad note, that's happening out there too. But just get there to the numbers game. And then when you have really good positive valuations, I think people see through it, like you mentioned there, like, wait a minute. And I've been to hotels, too, where, like, it's nothing like the evaluation. This is actually pretty good. I don't know what they were saying or what they were looking for because what they had said and what I saw were two very different things.
1: So when we talk about this concept of, of negative press, negative reviews, and things like that, there's probably two different ways to approach this. There's proactive and reactive right of course we want to do whatever we can to keep negative reviews away keep people from ever thinking that that was an option and I've personally found that the absolute best 100 percent way to deal with that is to be 100 percent transparent and treat people fairly because the chances that somebody gets really mad enough to go online because that it does take time right You're, you're busy Kurt if something bad happens to you today now, you are different than the average person because you can go air your grief out on a podcast. But mm-hmm. if something bad happens to you at a restaurant or a department store or with an airline or something, are you really going to take the time to set up an account online on some website and vent?
0: It has to be pretty bad.
1: It, it has to be pretty bad. It
0: has to be pretty bad for it, me to take the time and do that. Yeah, yeah.
1: And if you felt like the person that you were dealing with leveled with you and treated you with respect and was transparent and honest with you, is it ever going to get that bad? I don't think so. It can. You've got people with you know a bunch of time on their hands that uh, are, are crazy. But I think you're really going to minimize the, the potential damage if you follow that one rule. Thoughts? Yeah, it
0: seems to me as long as you're exceeding expectations, this is not going to be an issue, number one.
1: Number two, if you
0: don't meet those expectations, they are going to be frustrated because frustration comes from unmet expectations. And if you don't manage those in the right way, that's when it comes to anger. And that's when the angry person is going to post that thing on the internet. So you've just got to be open. Say, yeah, I blew it. I apologize. I'm going to make it right. Here's how I'm going to make it right. And when you do that, people are okay with that. People make mistakes, but you've got to acknowledge it and you've got to make it right. When we get upset is when people try to bury it. well, it should be an issue. It wasn't our fault. You shouldn't be upset. Right? Those type of things make us more angry and more upset. That's the type of person, besides your competitor, that's gonna post and that's gonna give you those bad reviews.
1: Right, right. Telling somebody who is very upset that they shouldn't be upset <laughs> is a very effective method. Said no one ever. Right? Exactly. <laughs> you just it's never gonna work, no matter how illegitimate the reason for their anger is telling them that it's not valid has got to be the dumbest thing that you shouldn't
0: can do. be upset. Calm down. Those are the rules. <laughs> I, yeah. I did that to yeah, my daughter last things, night. It didn't work great. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work with anybody. It's just, those are the type of things that you just never say, especially to someone in a highly emotional situation.
1: So we're treating prospects fairly. We are giving them an outlet for the anger if it is there, right? Which it's less likely to be there if you're just doing your best and, and actually, are a decent human being and care about your prospects, of course, right? So you're giving them a way to vent to you because it's got to vent somewhere, and if you don't let them do it, it's going to go online. For whatever reason, it's gotten past that point, right? Maybe the owner of your company's a moron, or maybe there was a sales guy before you, and and now it's there because when it's online, it's there. There's nothing you can do about it. We've gone past prevention. Now we've actually got to deal with it. What are your thoughts there?
0: I agree. I mean, we got to just be aware of what's happening. Acknowledge human behavior. Acknowledge emotions. And do it right. Again, exceed expectations, number one. Number two, deal with it. Admit it. Make it right. And you won't have these issues. You won't have a major issue. Again, every once in a while, you're going to have a negative view. You don't know where it came from. You don't know it was a competitor. Again, it's not fair. It's reality. And that messes with your psyche a little bit. But that's another issue. Just focus on... Exceeding those expectations and it won't be an issue for you.
1: I think another way too is is incentivize and, and create a culture while you t- where you tell your clients that are happy you leave more reviews, right? There's you can bury bad reviews with good reviews and and because the trend is breaking in your favor there, like we talked about earlier, like bad reviews are a little less effective now because people are more used to it. Before it was so new that they just assumed that you you must be a horrible person. But you've, you've got to get the good reviews out there. You've got to make them visible. But, Kurt, what do you say to the the sales guy who he's visiting with a prospect, and they say, well, I read somebody on the Better Business Bureau said this, or somebody on some consumer review website said that, right? This is coming at you. You're close to the sale. Things have stalled because of that negative review. What do you do?
0: Talk it through. A lot of times that's a knee-jerk reaction. Well, look what I found. <laughs> Don't try to bury it, just acknowledge it, talk it through, show them that they're a lot more positive, that uh, you've learned from it if that's the issue, or it wasn't an issue, walk it through, and then build that trust that it becomes a non-issue. For the most part, it's just that knee-jerk reaction. They just want to see how you're going to respond, what you're going to do, and do that, and it will go away.
1: That's right, and if you've got the confidence that you're going to do a good job for these people, and you really know that deep inside then that's going to project through, and they're going to realize, yeah, this guy I'm talking to, he doesn't at all feel like this review I found. This just does not feel at all like it would be that kind of an experience. So you've really got to do that. And I think, too, it's a good thing to tell the prospect, hey, look, when you do business with us, here's what you should expect. This is what we're going to do for you. And and as long as you're fair and straightforward and honest about that, a lot of times they can see that that reviewer, had some kind of crazy expectation go in, right? They thought they were going to get the moon and gold-plated this and all kind of that. And and that's not what you were promising, yet that's what they're reviewing about. That's another effective technique I've noticed.
0: And if they've been in business, they know there's crazies out there. And as you talk through it, one thing you could do also when they're sitting on the fence, they're not quite sure, to offer some type of great guarantee or a warranty to get them going. Let's try it. Let me prove my worth to you. Let me show you. Get them involved and it will go away, and they're going to realize that you're going to take good care of them, that it was a crazy or a strange person or a competitor. And again, the sheer numbers of positive versus negative is going to help you out too.
1: Cool, cool. Anything else on social sabotage and, and the mindset we need to have there? Just that social validation is,
0: is out there. It's not going away, whether it's fair or not. So other things you can help you out a with your testimonials, if you can show people that – Your product or service is best-selling, Then it's the number one in the area, top 10, fastest-growing, most popular. It's a standard that most people use, those type of thing. It's still important to use. You've got to use it. But there's other things besides testimonial that will increase your social validation that you can also use. But it is a huge issue. Bottom line is this. People always believe someone else before they believe you because you have something to gain. Fair or not, that's reality.
1: There you go. That's good stuff. So, Kurt, you had this happen to you recently, and it kind of tweaked with your mindset. So you're, you're going to Homer yourself. Do I understand that?
0: Yeah, I'm doing the self-Homer. No, get so it Homer, over with. Homer, go.
1: Don't, don't, don't. Love your enthusiasm. Thanks <laughs> yeah. so much. Yeah.
0: And this is something I talk about, I preach about. Again, we're human. And let me just kind of put it out there, what happened to me. So I've been doing these online training webinars four hours long to Asia right? India, Asia, the other side of the world, different time zone. So it's the middle of the night. And at the very end, there's an evaluation, which is a great thing. It's good to get feedback. I enjoy feedback, ways to improve. So there's over 100 people on this webinar. And it was good. It was an interactive webinar. We had a lot of fun. And I was looking at the evaluations. over 100 people. I think there was about 90 people that filled out this form.
1: Uh-huh. Evaluation.
0: One of the ones that I always look at is rate your instructor, right? That's what I'm concerned about. And there was excellent, good, average, fair, poor. So I was watching it come in and come in. And I was like, okay, this is good. I've seen some excellence. They were all excellent. This is good. So I saw there was
1: 88
0: excellence. And then all of a sudden I looked down and there was two poor. <laughs> How dare you? I know. I'm like, wait a minute. And that rocked my world. And it, and it messed with my brain for the weekend. I'm like, and it was all about the two negative. i like, what did I do wrong? What were they thinking? Why are they being so mean? I gave it my heart and soul. That's not fair. We've all gone through that versus focusing on, wait, well, look at it, 88. That's pretty good versus the two. There was nothing in the middle. It was 88, excellent, and two poor. And we have to realize as persuaders, as people, that even if you do a perfect job, and I teach this people when I teach them how to do Charismatic, persuasive presentations. Even though you do a perfect job, there's going to be one person in that audience that finds something wrong, that says something negative. It could be their mood, it could be their personality, it could be anything. That's how people are programmed. People won't like you because you drive a nicer car. People won't like you because you have a better job, you live in a nicer home. That's how people are. It's easier said than done because this happens to me too. You move on, you look at the positive. And realize that that's how people are. That's how they're programmed. No matter how good you do, people are going to evaluate you in a negative way. That's why it becomes a numbers game. Focus on the 88. Getting easier said than done. But that is my blunder because I let it get to me when it usually doesn't. But this time it did.
1: Well, all right. You've got to be careful to not start wrapping your presentation around that one or two people when everybody really likes what you're saying and you find yourself trying to please the unpleasable.
0: And that's a great point because if one person says, well, you spoke too fast, but then the other 88 thought it was perfect and you adjust it for that one person, we all tend to do that. we got to be careful. Just because you get feedback or comments does not mean you need to change your presentation or your product or service. Find out what the people that like it want, not the one negative person that's going to complain about anything.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Kurt. Those are good pointers. And we, we wanted to offer, as we wrap up the show today, a little uh, promotion to everybody who's mm, listening. Like promotion, yeah, and this one's a free promotion. You got to do stuff though, kind of in line of of what we've been saying on the show. We we recently decided that we'd try to know what we're talking about on Facebook and Twitter. It's probably obvious to you listeners that we still do not know that yet. We are on Facebook and Twitter, so we want to get things uh, kind of cranking there. So our Twitter handle is at Influence Max, and on Facebook you can just type in "Maximize Your Influence" in the search bar, and you'll see the little logo for the show come up there, we want you to retweet one of the tweets that we have put out on Twitter or to share one of the posts that we've put out on Facebook. If you do this, just email us at maximizeyourinfluence at gmail.com and let us know. We can usually tell who you are when you do those things, but we don't always know due to your Twitter handle if it's something weird or whatever. So we don't know exactly who you are. And just let's say, hey, I retweeted, this is my Twitter handle, or hey, I shared your Facebook post, here's my name, whatever, just email us those details at MaximizeYourInfluence at gmail.com, and drumroll, we're going to give you a full year subscription to University of Persuasion. How's that?
0: Oh, full year, and I hope people realize a full year means that every week there's a new video, there's a new audio, there's a weekly program to walk you through the different steps of persuasion, influence, negotiation, presentation skills, and mindset so it's mapped out step by step that they can get to the next level and make a huge difference in their sales and their success.
1: All you got to do is retweet or share it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's pretty mm-hmm. easy, folks. Pretty easy stuff.
0: Even a panda bear could do it. Now, That's why a that panda bear? I... I don't know. It just came out. I was looking for something. So even a panda bear could do it. Less than the cost of a Honda Civic and a panda bear can do it. You're good to go.
1: That's right. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> But I uh, gotta love it—a panda bear. Right, I, I just got this go. vision of a panda driving a Honda Civic retweeting.
0: There we go, retweeting and learning how to persuade.
1: Yep. Hey, we did a pretty good show until about 30 seconds ago,
0: <laughs> which we just went downhill from there.
1: It it was, have it,
0: any time for us to shut up and move on.
1: Yeah, it goes off the rails well before that usually. So yeah, we're gonna hang it up, everybody. We appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you next week on another episode of Maximize Your Influence. See you next week.